someone has something, don't be afraid of scripture to read, whatever it is, just don't be afraid. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, Grant. Just use that right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, God. I just get this strongly in my spirit, you know. If you're seeking after the spiritual gift where you're seeking after um, healing or really any kind of supernatural inner working mm. in your spirit or on the outward and the physical, it's going to come and you have to receive that. Mm. And Jesus um, is going to come, make it come into fruition because he's the God of the breakthrough. Yes. And he Amen. is the God that's going to lead you into that victory. Yes. But know that there are trials, there is spiritual warfare. When you think back into Daniel the prophet, God gave him a vision. He's like, God, what does this mean? And it wasn't, and it wasn't until a, f a few weeks later or something like that, the Bible says that an angel came and said, there was this principality we'd had to fight to deliver this message to you, to deliver the meaning of this vision to you. And so if you feel like that, why, why am I not receiving this right now? Just know that God's going to come through for it because he's the God of the breakthrough. And if he's the faithful one, the Bible talks about how he yes. is the faithful one. If he's the faithful one, He's going to come through, and he's going to, to bless you like never before. Hallelujah. 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 We receive that, Father. As Graham was speaking, I feel like the Lord's saying that the supernatural, the supernatural isn't so far off. It's our bread. It's inside you. It's inside you. The desire for the supernatural, to see the, the glory of God, to see the miraculous. It's right here. So, Father, we just give you praise and worship. Lord God, the, mm, the supernatural, Lord God, signs and wonders. Hallelujah, Jesus. We just confess, declare that they are here in the name of Jesus because the blood's been shed. And the Spirit's been given because we're children of the Most High. You have your own sword. Amen? It's not my sword. It's not her. It's your sword. You know, one verse, man, God may have given you rhema on in the sense of he just revealed it just like he did to Peter when, you know, he said, Thou art the cross, the, you know, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, man, he changed his name. He said, you are now Barjona, which is son of the Holy Ghost, son of the dove. And I, I want to encourage you. You know, you might have a verse in Romans 8, 11, or you know, like Kenneth Hagin had, Mark 11, 22 to 24, David Hogan had, Matthew 10, 7, 8. It's interesting. Many of the people God's using most, that God gave them a verse, and they've just used that verse, I mean, to the utmost. Glory to God. So I want to encourage you. Then when Kathy's sharing and when I'm sharing, when honestly, just think about the verse that's your verse that you know that just causes fear to be in the devils, uh, really, and causes the Spirit of God to move. And, uh, oh, man, glory to God. And the second thing is this. And uh, I, we want to thank everyone that participated in the ladies' luncheon. Amen. It, it was, I tell you, it was very, very powerful. And the testimonies. I mean, they were just amazing. 
you know, uh, I can't get into depth because they're personal to some people, but people, I mean, just really in tremendous, uh, yeah, tremendous uh, depression, oppression, and uh, some Kathy shared, they re resonated, they happened to be in her line because there's four prayer lines. And I mean, Jesus, Jesus came in a mighty way. So this idea, honestly, that God can't use women or whatever, honestly, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Honestly, when the heart of somebody is crying out for God, that God doesn't, Father doesn't turn to Jesus and say, are they a guy? He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. That word prophesy. Man means to teach, to preach. It's to be under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to speak. Amen. Well, I said amen. You ladies should have said amen better. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. So I'm going to have uh, Pastor Kathy share something. I'm going to come back in, uh, for a few minutes, and I'm going to come back and share what God's given me. Hallelujah. Amen, Kathy. I think Brad wants to use this. Hallelujah, God is good. It's a good day to be alive on the planet because Jesus is alive and well on planet Earth. He gave us the Holy Spirit, so we're not alone, we're not orphaned. He gave us his word. We're in covenant with him. We're blood washed. Now the Holy Spirit's teaching us, and he's teaching us really good because we're letting him. I've been praying and singing about the rain we sang that song. The end of that song, it goes, let it rain. Our theme yesterday at our ladies' luncheon was Freedom Reigns, R-A-I-N-S. Did a whole lot of talking about Elijah and how he had to give a, a really tough word to the king who was disobedient. And there's a drought that came. Because God will judge if he has to. It's not his aperte. It's not like that's what he likes to do. Just like a parent doesn't want to have to give his kid time out or, you know, that kind of thing, discipline their children. But it's good. That king repented. And then Ahab, I mean, um, Elijah, excuse me, Elijah prayed for the rain. He interceded and he prayed and he prayed. You know what? That word that Brother Grant gave was pretty awesome because many times, many of us are standing in the need of prayer and we need Jesus to come through for us. So don't give up on your praying because the word will work for you. And you know what? It's not when it'll work for you. It's not at a certain day and a certain time. Maybe tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe it'll be next Thursday. You know, I'm really not sure. I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. What God has said in his word is for us to believe that we receive it, and then you say what you believe that you have received. That's called faith. Faith says, I have it now. I'm a substitute teacher, and I like to talk about the subject of Jesus being our substitute. The scripture I'd like to give us this morning as part of our overall theme of the great exchange is... 2 Corinthians 5.21 Where our sin is credited to Jesus and the earned righteousness of Jesus is credited unto all who call upon the name of the Lord. Well, that's Romans 10.9, that one. But here comes 2 Corinthians 5.21. 
For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, he substituted himself, letting himself receive the punishment for sin, so we wouldn't have to be judged. What's it like to take someone else's place? As a school teacher who has a classroom and all the responsibilities they're in, will on occasion need a substitute teacher, and that's where I come in. So I'm a substitute teacher for a nearby school district, actually Butler, where I have two of our grandkids. I will say that. I'm allowed. And that's the biggest reason I chose that school district a few years back when I got furloughed from a reading specialist position in another elementary school. Substitutes get hit with the job of taking charge of everyone and everything that in the classroom goes on to make sure the lessons go smoothly, the kids are safe, and they receive instruction. I enjoy being around children. I always have, and I love to teach, so this is a niche for me. You know, I've always wanted to be a school teacher. It's not an easy job sometimes, but I do my best. I always have to remind myself, Kath, you're called to be a teacher for a certain, certain group of students on any given day. I'm, after all, their teacher's substitute. So I say within my heart, Lord, you need me for such a time as this. See, I take this day-to-day job quite seriously. I've had many, many long-term substitute jobs as well over the years, and two of them this present school year. Jesus, our substitute, gracious substitute. Let's go to Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 7. While you're getting that ready, be thinking about how Jesus took your place. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. For by his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. He laid his life down willingly. Behold, what manner of love has Jesus that he died for us when we were yet sinners. Romans 5.8. He loved us enough to take our place even before we chose him. See, he first loved us. God is love. He's taken our sins and went to jail, so to speak, to pay the penalty. He descended into hell. That's what the Bible says. Jesus was your substitute. Jesus Christ took your place. He was your representative. 
and all the punishment you and I deserved because of your sin and mine, he suffered willingly. Someone had to pay the penalty for divine justice to be satisfied. He paid it for you so you could go free if you accept him as Lord and Savior. It's a choice. He's a gentleman. He needs to be asked. He will not force himself on anybody. He's not a puppeteer. I'm so appreciative of who he is in my life. There's no one like my Jesus. He laid down his life so I could have his life. We sang this morning about um, him turning ashes, bring us out of ashes and putting beauty on us. Many times we go through difficulties in life. I was talking yesterday about this a little bit where issues arise, trials come, things don't go as planned. You want to get mad at God. Don't be so afraid of him. He's not going to be mad at you. He's going to honor you and still bless you because he knows your heart. He knows you're struggling. How many of you know he knows your heart? See, he was the son of man. Emmanuel. Jesus came in the flesh. He knows what it's like to sip hot tea. He knows what it's like to eat bread. I don't know that they had cornmeal, but they did have bread. They might not have eaten the same foods back then, but he walked the same planet. He walked the same walk that you and I walk. So you would know that he knows you. Aren't you glad that your God is in love with you? He enjoys you. He took your place on the cross, his cross, so you wouldn't have to be eternally separated from him. That's a terrible thought, by the way. I have a family. Mike and I, when we got married, we decided we would have four kids. If God blessed us, we wanted to have four. Yes, we were in our right minds, just if you're wondering about that, because it is 2021 right now. We have four grown daughters and grandkids and sons-in-law and sons-in-law coming to be. God is so gracious to us. He loves us enough right now. He will, if you let him, exchange your heartache for his beauty. He will exchange your shame for his beauty if you let him. Love casts out all fear. Sometimes the saint, the child of God, is reluctant to go to church, ask for prayer, and they go shopping, and they drink alcohol. I'm just telling you. And they do stuff to fill up their time slots. So if they're full and they're really, really busy, then they don't have to think about God so much, even though they claim to be Christian. I might be talking to somebody. I'm not sure, but I think I am. The reason why you're 
not entering in is because you're afraid that he's ashamed of you. I am not going to allow self-pity. I'm not going to allow the devil to pull wool over my eyes to tell me I'm not good enough. I'm not going to allow him to do that. I'm blood washed. He likes me. He loves me. He qualifies me because of him. I can now live my life before God. The last thing I'd like to share is we need to be thankful who we are in Christ. Thanking him every day. Lord, thank you for coming to my rescue. Thank you for taking my place in the cross. Even if you don't feel it, you say it. Elijah prayed and he kept praying for the rain. And then he um, sent his runner to the river. Go see if you see a cloud. See if you hear anything. And um, back there, hey, about you, Jimmy. Give us a fist in the air. Can you give me a fist? Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That's a man over there. That's his fist. And so Elijah's runner comes back up and he goes, the seventh time? And he tells him, well... I see what appears to be this little cloud about the the size of a man's hand. Elijah got really excited. The Lord was coming with his rain. He said, get ready. I hear the sound of rain coming. The Lord wants to pour on us of his love. He's already paid the price. Don't suffer in in shame. It's called false guilt. It's false humility. You're actually saying something that God doesn't want you to say. So quit it. Stop it and receive him as your substitute. Amen? Pastor Mike, God is good all the time. I'm learning like y'all. Amen. That's a good introduction, preface to what I'm going to share. Uh, Go with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. The book of Ephesians is probably one of the most honestly misunderstood books that there is in the the epistles. It's because the first five chapters of Ephesians is all about offensive mindset and victory. Then we get to Ephesians 6 and God starts it off by saying, live and walk in the power of my might, which is a simple summary of the first five chapters. Then he talks about the armor of God. And what happens is because of really wrong teaching, and somebody can have wrong teaching and and love God big time and still be a really good pastor, but then we get in this wrong teaching thing that we really disclude the first five chapters and the first part of Ephesians 6 have this mindset we put on this defensive armor hide our heads with our shields over our head and get bombarded day after day, month after month, year after year, and pray for the rapture to come. That's not what Ephesians is about. Ephesians is about what Kathy shared. It's about the truth of redemption and the life that we're lived in such power that it's amazing. All right? So, again, we really need to sometimes put away some thinking that's not right. Amen. And uh, man, someone gave me a book yesterday on uh, Andrew Womack did in regards to uh, not don't quench God or don't stop God. or Man, I was reading it last night. I've been doing about midnight. Just really, really good. 
and how you, know, you can get into really minimizing God. You know what I'm saying? So we need to, uh, amen, see this for what it is. So in Ephesians 1, 19, glory to God. And I want to share a simple paradigm that's so powerful, but is easily applicable to all of our lives. And, you know, it, it really is his master plan. So in Ephesians 1, 19, after Paul prays that our eyes will be opened to, to enter into you know, the hope of our calling, which I believe is, you know, is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the riches of his glory, and, and then his inheritance in the saints, how much we mean to God. He said, so what is the exceeding greatness of his power to you? Put your name in there. Amen? Personalize the scripture. We're talking about this in Bible study Wednesday night. Personalize the scripture. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to you when you pray? Mm, not when somebody else prays, but to you when you pray. According to the working of his mighty power, the word mighty power is used over and over and over again in the book of Ephesians, which he realized in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above every devil, every name contrary to God, put all things under his feet to his church, which is his body, which fills all in all. All right. So God wants us to understand that you and I, we walk in a spirit of power. What's the spirit of power? Well, the spirit of power is when God makes something happen that no one else can make happen. Amen? Have you figured out that you can't make it happen? How many of you figured that out? Whew, I'll tell you what. It does not work real well when you're the one initiating it and bringing it to pass. I, I tell you, it may look like it works, but it does not work. And because eventually it will fall. Because anything that's not brought forth by the Spirit of God is brought forth by man can be torn down by man. If it's, again, if it is realized by man, it can be torn down by man. But if it's brought about by God, Man cannot tear it down. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. All right, so let's go to Ephesians 2. And uh, th there's so much here. Glory to Jesus. But Ephesians 2, 1. Hallelujah. It says that you, again, talking about you and me, has he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And we're going to look at how is it possible for you who were not even born yet in the spirit realm to have been, have died to sin and quickened even when you weren't even born. We'll talk about that. But it says, we're in times past, we all walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our, conver our conversation, our lifestyle, in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath. Mm. I tell you, before you're born again, you know, we chose the evil nature. Man, and we were by nature children of wrath. All right? But here's the neatest thing. It says, but, you know, we love that word, but, when it's used in the right context. But God, I just love those two words. Yeah. But God, amen? 
when it doesn't look well, amen, but God. When you're in that gang and had no hope, but God, amen. Jimmy, when you're in Vietnam and could have died and you don't even know him then, but God. I can go down to every person in this church, including myself, and we can say, you know what? We are at an end. There was no way out, but God, amen. Can you say that with me? But God. Oh, man, that's good, isn't it? Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, two words of the scripture, man can change your life. Amen? Really. But God, who is rich in mercy, wow. Man, mercy is so powerful. Hallelujah. Wherefore, his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, mm, he changed us. Galatians 2.20, we'll use a few other verses other than the Ephesians verses, says that, and it goes with 2 Corinthians 5.21, what Pastor Kathy shared. He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And I laugh and I now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. But when we were, man, in the spirit realm, when, just like when Adam sinned, all sinned in him. The second Adam, when Jesus suffered, we all were in him. And the amazing thing is this. Our evil nature, 1 John 3, 8, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Leviticus 16, Isaiah 53, 4, on and on. Our evil nature went into Jesus. He never sinned, but he bore our sin. He tasted sin, the Bible says in Hebrews 1. And that's why he suffered infinitely. Man, what was in the cup in Gethsemane? It was your sins. Man, if somebody had arsenic in a cup and you knew it was there and you knew somehow you had to drink it, what would, how would it affect you before you drank it? You knew it was going to kill you. Man, I had some missionary friends that, man, they, were, they knew that they were being poisoned and had to trust. Man, that's why Mark 16 is relative today. They didn't want to drink it, but they were going to either drink it or they are going to get shot in the head for real. And what's it like? Man, it affects everything. But Jesus drank the cup, not of our sin, but of our sins, which is infinitely horrendous. But he, amen, so he, we died with him. This paradigm we're share is real simple. We died with him, glory to God, and then the Bible says here, he quickened us together. He made us alive. Glory to God. So we died with him, our evil nature, but glory to God, then we became alive in Christ, and when Jesus was raised, we were raised with him. How many can receive that? So he died with them. We're, then we were raised with him. Glory to God. And then the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6, he raised us up together. Ooh, I like that. He raised us up together. Man, that is good. Man, whenever you're together with Jesus, you're on the winning team. Amen? Glory to God. He raised us up together and made us sit together 
and heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So this might sound strange to you, but in the heavenlies, in the spirit realm, you are in Christ Jesus right now. What's that mean? I'm trying to make it simple. What it means is this. Just like Jesus is all God, but the Bible says right now he's sitting at the right hand of God as all man. First Timothy 2.5 says there's one mediator between God and man. It's the man, Christ Jesus. He's all God, second person of the Trinity, but he's all man. But I got good news for you. He's not the first Adam that represents you and me in the natural. Glory to God, he's the second Adam right now. Amen? And here's what's exciting. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah, Jesus. It's just like, man, when Noah and his family was in the ark, they were safe, weren't they? That's a tap of us being in Jesus. Man, everything around them was drowning unto death. But not one of them were touched. Why? Because they were in the ark. Glory to God. We're in the ark of the man, Christ Jesus. You, you could give so many examples of this. Glory to God. We talked a little bit uh, about the, you know, the coat of many kellers and the kellers of God. And what, what, mm, what, we're going to look at that more extensively and we could even apply it a little bit today and we want a little bit. But So here's the deal. <clears throat> Because you're in Jesus, the second Adam. The second Adam, the first Adam fell. Amen? That was, that was you and me. Someone says, I got a bad rap for what Adam did. No! Man, you were in Adam. You're going to tell me if you were in the garden that you wouldn't have sinned? Man, you probably would have sinned quicker. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that fruit was, an apple, a fig, I don't know what it was. But I'll tell you what, we're all under sin but the first Adam didn't make it so now there's a second Adam he's sitting at the right hand of the father if I can get this across to you it'll change your life there is a man sitting at the right hand of the father and when the father looks at him he sees you because you're in him. Glory to God. All right. So let's keep going with this. Here's, here's the, so he raises up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, the reason we're sharing on this more extensively is because the Bible speaks things and we hear it, say we know it, but really don't know it. I, I didn't know this until someone Share with me and I start seeking God. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing we're at in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19 says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The book of Ephesians, I mean over and over and over and over and over again, the key expression is in Christ Jesus. Shh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And then we're going we're to look at now. <clears throat> and see, I used to read that verse all the time. <clears throat> Say, well, that's nice. 
that my blessings are in the heavenly places. And, you know, my mind's like, where are they? Pluto? I mean, where are they? You know what I'm saying? Well, it's nice. Okay, they're in heavenly places. They like, help me sing they're in Christ Jesus. But, man, if my blessing's in Jesus up there, how's it get to me down here? So that's what we're going to look at right now. Glory to God. Now, it says this, that he's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, the key expressions of Ephesians, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness and love towards us through Christ Jesus. Mm. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves the gift of God, not by works as any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created, how again, in Christ Jesus under good works. So how does this work? Well, well, here's the neatest thing. See, when you, mm, Jesus is there, we are in him. So basically, we're in Christ in the heavenly places. So when you speak the word, when you pray in the name of Jesus, the you that's in Christ in the heavenly places, now the Christ is in you. So you're in Christ in the heavenlies. So Christ could now be in you on the earth. Let's look at this. I'll tell you what. This is why we need to get excited. Hallelujah, Jesus. We died with him. We're made alive with him. We were raised with him. We sit with him. And now, blessed be God, we live by him. Woo, hallelujah. When the devil comes against me, and he does, all I say, here's what I say, seriously. I say it over and over again. And almost invariably it leaves. I said, devil, I'm going to say six things. Loved by Jesus. Died with Jesus. Made alive through Jesus. Raised with Jesus. Sit with Jesus. And now live because of Jesus. Woo, it's not that complicated. I tell you, I love saying this. Man. When I was in sin, he loved me. I died with him. I'm made alive through him. I'm raised with him. I sit with him. See, that's what communion's about. See, see, here's the deal. It all goes back to the blood. But it now, so the oil can rain in you. Let's take a look at this and see how far we get in regards to, uh, hey, Brad, time-wise, What's that thing cooking there? I mean, is that when I started or when Cass started or how much time? You don't know? All right. What's that? Okay, it's both of us? Okay, good. All right, I got more time than I thought. Amen. All right. Who said that? Oh. Who said that? Oh, back there. Chris, you, my future son-in-law. Oh, Lord Jesus. Repent quick. <laughs> Uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, amen, glory to God, amen. Isn't it fun to be on a live stream like this? Amen, glory to God, hallelujah. And, and TV, yeah, there you go, amen, all right. Amen, hallelujah. Glory to God, mm. hallelujah, Jesus. But it starts with the blood, because when the devil went down, I got to go up, Amen. 
when he was destroyed, 1 John 3, 8, he went down. Man, I ascended with Jesus. Okay, let's look at this in a real practical way. All right? <clears throat> let's just say someone's struggling with sin. Maybe you're struggling with unforgiveness. Might be struggling with fear. Maybe a sin of the flesh. You might be struggling with whatever. Uh, anger. All right? The key, hallelujah, is really to understand and wisdom, the paradigm of God. So I say, you know what? I get a hold of a verse. Romans 8, 11. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now in me to quicken my mortal body, to take away that pattern of sin supernaturally and cause me to enter into purity. Here's what happens now. See, when you start saying that, now you're putting redemption into motion. See, it's one thing to thank God for his blood. It's another thing to enter into the blood producing the oil. Mm, Jesus. Now we're entering into redemption. Glory to God. Man, when they killed that lamb, that was awesome in Passover. But they had to put, they had to do something with the, they had to do something with the blood. They had to put it on the doorpost, didn't they? Looks like a cross. But they didn't stop there. You know what? If they just put the blood on the doorpost, they would have been saved but they never would have been healed. It wasn't until they ate of the lamb, Psalm 105, 37, that they were healed. Woo! So we praise God for his blood, but then we need to apply the blood. Amen? Over the doorposts of our houses, over our family members. Amen? And then we need to eat of the lamb. But here's the deal. So you're quoting the verse, Jesus is not only your high priest. He he's not only your mediator. He's your high priest of what? Hebrews 4 said, he is the high priest of your confession. I want to say something strong. You can rejoice in the blood of Jesus, but if you never give your high priest a confession to work with, the blood is not going to produce the oil of the Holy Ghost in your life. Mm, I know that's strong. He's the high priest of your confession. So when I say Philippians 4.13 and I'm struggling with sin and I say, you know what? I don't feel it. I don't sense your presence, but I'm going to declare your word. I can do all things. I can, hallelujah. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me who infuses the, life, the Holy Ghost, who infuses the life of Jesus into me. You know what has to happen? Woo, glory. The high priest looks to the Father and says, you know what? Glory to God. I am the mediator. And now somebody's drawn upon the covenant through their confession. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. When you say, you know what? Man, I've struggled with this all my life, but now, you know what? I, I, got, I, got, I got, I see, I see it. So, Lord, I've struggled with this sin all my life. Anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, revenge. 
But now I'm going to claim he who knew no sin became sin. And now that's not in me. Purity's in me. Peace is in me. Love is in me. Forgiveness is in me. Man, Jesus is like, Father, 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 come on. And Father says, yes. And then the Holy Ghost comes into action and manifests the yes to the high priest. Mm. Here's something interesting about Romans 8. Let's go there. A lot of people don't. It's interesting in Romans 8. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that raised up Christ from the dead, so he shall quicken your mortal bodies. Mm. Hallelujah. One more time. Who raised, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, he that, now listen to this, he that raised up Christ will quicken your mortal bodies. There is an agreement with Trinity. Jesus is the high priest. He speaks to the Father, and the Father's the one that gives the go-ahead to the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God then supernaturally, supernaturally will destroy from the roots up. Someone said, man, to get to the fruit, you got to get to the root. He'll destroy from the roots up that which is causing your destruction. You need to be more excited about that than this and than you are. Amen? See, it doesn't matter. See, here's what, here, that's why the word's so powerful. Ephesians 3, 16, 17, I, 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 I do this every day because I tell you, there are times I'm tired, I don't feel God, I don't sense God, but I believe God. Man, and someone calls up and says, you know what? I just had someone call recently and said, you know, my son, you know, is in uh, is COVID, not eating 10 days on a respirator, and, you know, they give you like 50% oxygen. Your chance of survival is not good. And the natural. And he's getting 90% oxygen. And I'll be honest with you, they called me up late at night. And I didn't feel nothing except tired. And I said, but Jesus, I believe. I believe in this paradigm. So I went to Ephesians 3. It says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus that you would enter into the spirit of might by the Holy Ghost and the inner man and the faith and love. I said, Lord, I love these people. They're friends of mine. I love them. And I said, Lord, I believe that the spirit of faith, the faith of Jesus. Say, listen to me. Listen to me, please. So I, I'm, here's the deal. I see. I go back to this paradigm. I don't feel nothing. And I said, Lord, you love this man, this man that's on the ventilator. You took his sins, his griefs, and his sorrows. You raised him up. In the heavenlies, he's sitting with you right now. And you said in the ages to come for such a time as this, that you would bring forth your mercy, your love, your kindness, your passion towards him. Yes. 
And this is when the Holy Ghost started. You know, he's always awake, but now I'm in sync, right? right. Woo, glory. And the devil says, man, you don't got faith to bring this about. And he said, your faith. And I said, you know what? I don't. But the faith of Jesus in me does. Woo, glory. So I go back to this. I go back to the same paradigm. And I said, I'm going to tell you something, devil. I, share, I, I proclaim this to the Father. Now I'm going to proclaim this to you. When I was in sin, God loved me to the point that all my unbelief was killed. And hallelujah, when I was raised with Jesus, I was raised with his faith. Woo, glory. He didn't raise me with my dumbness. He didn't raise me with my little bit of my sinfulness. He didn't raise me with some unbelief. He raised me with him as a co, one who was co-crucified, co-resurrected, glory to God. We're talking about redemption. Woo, and I went to this verse and I said, man, the same Holy Ghost that was on Jesus is now in me. And his faith is in me. And I said, I, I just start calling, Lord, the faith that I need to help this man be raised. It's inside. I, I start calling unto the Father. I said, Father, my, the faith I need to raise this man is inside your son sitting right beside you. And I got a feeling that the Father looked at the son, the son looked at the Father and said, Holy Ghost, now you take over. All I can tell you is I, we prayed. I discovered a report very recently. And the doctor said no one has ever survived, the lady doctor. And said, you know what? Glory to God, he's off the ventilator. He's eating. Glory to God. You have to understand he didn't eat for 15 days. Now he's going to enter into rehab. Woo. See, does that excite you? Yes. It excites me. Because it tells me two things. One, it's not about me. Hallelujah. I didn't raise myself. Amen. Any, anybody here raise themselves? I, I, didn't, I didn't get to sit beside the Father because of anything I did. And when the Holy Ghost manifested, the only reason he's manifesting is because of the grace of God and the mercy of God. Woo, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Woo, man, redemption. That's a master plan. We could go on and on, man. You know, the devil reminds you of your past. Someone says you need to remind him of his future. But honestly, you know, you need to say my past has been destroyed. When my sin went into him, it's been destroyed. Hallelujah. Just look at two more things before we pray. One, this is how we do the works of God. Go with me to John 14, 12, if you would. John 14, 12. I mean, this is easy to choke on, this verse. You know what I'm saying? Verily, verily, I say unto you. That means, it's, well, everything in red is big. I tell you what, everything in black is big too. It's all the word of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you. He that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater things shall he do. 
But most people leave out the last part, which is the most important part. Because I go to my Father. The reason we can do the greater works is because Jesus is now at the Father's right hand as the second Adam. This is where the greater works come from. Man, when you call upon the grace of God through the second Adam, the second Adam now manifesting you through the Holy Ghost. So instead of thinking it's about us, well, you know, this lady's blind. You know, oh, man, I don't know if I have enough faith. I don't know if I've lived right enough. I don't know. We, you, we make it about us. It's not about you and me. It's about him going to the Father, presenting the blood, now at the right hand of the Father, so the oil can be given and rain in you, in rain and fire, and in me. So now we stop making it. Man, if you make it about yourself, the devil's going to kill you. He's going to bring up 101 reasons that it's not going to work for you. Man, you yelled at somebody yesterday. Man, you, you didn't do this and didn't do that. You haven't been in the word like you should. Man, he'll even bring you up in that third when you were in third grade and you pulled out a little red hair's pigtail, you know, a ponytail and pulled it down. I mean, he'll bring up anything you can think of. Seriously. Brothers, he got nodding his head too much. He must have did that. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. You're not under condemnation. Amen. It's just when the prophetic comes, it comes, you know what I'm saying? Then, but the bottom line is this. You make it about you and I make it about me, I'm going to tell you something. He's going he's to eat your lunch. He's going to eat my lunch. And I've shared that so many times. When I was up in Schenectady, New York, I was between New York City and, uh, and toward, past Buffalo, anyway, Syracuse, and uh, between New York City and Boston. And uh, I was tired. I got up there late. Long story short, I thought the pastor was going to take me out to dinner on Saturday. I was preaching on uh, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning. I thought he was going to take me out to dinner Friday night. He didn't. He just said, you know what, you know, just took me into his house. I am hungry. I don't have any money type of thing. So he said, well, you know, what's in my house is yours. But there was like no food there. Except, I swear, I, I think there was like, you ever see these little, these little packages, little Debbie's? There's like 15 packages there. I was so hungry. I ate almost all of them. Truth be told, my stomach hurt. I got up the next morning. He didn't thank God. I didn't see they were all gone. And my stomach hurt. And the Lord said to me, and I know oh, the devil said to me, how do you expect God to use you when you just ate 15 little Debbies? And usually I just curse it in Jesus' name and say, you know, I thought to myself, he's got a point. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> Seriously, I'll never forget it. And the Lord just said, who's doing the healing? Who's doing the ministering? You're me. I said, of course you are, Lord. He said, then what does it have to do with you eating these? Now, if I robbed a bank or something, it would be different. You know what I'm saying? And uh, to get the little Debbie's right. But uh, so we just had a wonderful service. There was a guy there that had uh, Alzheimer's. I mean, Dementia, very last stages. He's getting ready to uh, 
being uh, transferred to a nursing home. His wife wasn't saved, but his two daughters were. One were in that church. The other daughter came from New Jersey just for that service. They were fasting. And as God is my witness, I, I, didn't, I was so tired, I didn't remember anything. The pastor told me, you know, I was going to pray for this guy. Anyways, this, he, this guy's first in line, uh, and he just come up. I said, how you doing? He said, I'm doing well. He said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. And everybody starts clapping. Thinking, wow, that's an easy church. You know what I'm saying? Easy deal. And I said, well, you know, it's good to see you. He says, good to see you. We start chatting, and I said, uh, you know, what are you here for? And uh, before he could answer, the, the, the two daughters came up. They're crying. The pastor goes, he said, this is the guy. He hasn't said an intelligible word in years. He's like, one, two, three, five, eight. No, he talks like that. And so I shared that. You know, anyways, I shared a little Debbie story at another church. And this lady, she, she lined up in the altar. Seriously, before I got there, all these little Debbies. What was she saying? If you do a lot better, well, it's not about you, but about him. Amen? Glory to Jesus. Last one. And I love this one. This is how we enter into intimacy with Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, the second Adam. Man, the Father had intimacy with Adam and Eve, man. He was close to them. They heard his voice, experienced his presence. And now, man, when I go into the quiet place, I don't go in saying, oh, man, Lord, I, you know, I'm here earlier than most people, so you got to meet me. Lord, I'm going to stay here longer than most people. You got to meet me. No. You know how I go in? The same paradigm. The same paradigm. I look at Jesus, the second Adam. I'm in him. And I know when he was on the earth as the second Adam, he warranted intimacy with the Father by his righteousness. And I say, you know what, Father? In all humility, I claim because I'm righteous as Jesus, because he's given me his righteousness, made me his righteousness, I believe that I can experience great intimacy with you now. You know, that works a lot better than going into his presence and just quoting verses that you're not sure of. I'm all for quoting verses. But it has to be in seeing your high priest get all excited Enter into oneness with the Father, excitement, and then the Holy Ghost comes into play. And that's when the Holy Ghost manifests the glory of God. I know there's a lot here, but I, I want to encourage us today. The, not, the neatest thing about Jesus, the greatest thing about Jesus, as Pastor Kathy said, it's for everyone. If you can, I can. If I can, you can. But here's the greatest truth. Because he did, I will. I'm going to say it one more time. I like that. Amen. I said, if you can, I can. If I can, you can. But because he did, he overcame, I will. Because I'm in him. So he can be in me through the Holy Ghost. Glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus, glory to Jesus. Stand with me if you would. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you.
to get the verses to speak to you most. That is your sharpest sword. And when you speak, ask the Holy Ghost to show you your high priest waiting for your words. So he and the Father can say yes. So the Holy Ghost can infuse what you're praying for into you and cause manifestation to come to you. That's real grace. It comes through the blood and it comes through the oil. You know when a leper needed healed in the Old Testament? They didn't even pray for him. They anointed him with the blood and then they put oil over the blood and they just pronounced him clean. Isn't that amazing? That's why Jesus said when he healed the leper, go show yourself to the priest. Ooh, glory. Glory to Jesus. Can you worship him with me right now? Can you just worship him with me? Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you worship. We give you glory and honor. There is only one God. Woo! There's only one who died. There's only one who, who caused us to die with him. Caused us to be raised with him. And sit with him so he can move. Elohim Trinity. Father, we give you worship. Anyone listening to my voice and you've been struggling all your life. I had someone uh, I, we gave a praying through the heart of God CD with. They have tumors in their head and they're doing better. And they called me up from New Mexico. And he was crying on the phone. I went to high school and college with him. And he said, you know what? I've been chasing after God all my life. This happened last week. Made me weep. And he said, and now I find out I didn't have to chase after him. All I had to do was receive that he chased after me. He was shouting on the first kids real quiet. Young man, older man now. Man, he was rejoicing. His wife was rejoicing. I was rejoicing. 